is up. It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, October 16th. Just another day in the neighborhood. Just a couple COVID scares today. That's all. I mean, it looks like everything's going to be all right. Well, everything's all right with Atlanta, first and foremost. Looks like everything's going to be all right with Indianapolis. Is everything going to be all right with the Patriots? I have no freaking clue as, as I'm recording this here around 2.30 Eastern. What I know is the Patriots did not practice today. They had another positive test. As of now, we're planning on everything to happen as scheduled, but I don't know. So that's where we are currently with that game. Obviously, it was already pushed back once. The bye weeks are now out of play for both of those teams. So if it was canceled or postponed, I should say, week 18 is now, you know, it would be on the table. So Keep an eye on that one. Anyway, we're going to break down the games for you here. And, of course, we have to talk about Mr. Le'Veon Bell. It's weird that that's like secondary (laughs) to everything else going on. But I'm going to talk about Lev Bell here in just a minute. But first, I have to tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps. You ha- you don't have to play against the Sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. And yes... That is the big way to help this podcast out. Use the promo code RANT. All right, so let's talk about Lev Bell before we get into all of this. Bell went to the team that a lot of folks did not want him to go to for fantasy purposes. He goes to the Chiefs, and can you knock the dude? Can you really knock the dude for going to the Chiefs if you have the opportunity? No, certainly not. And I think there's a couple things, obviously, to unpack here. First and foremost, Clyde Edwards-Lair had a really good week one, And he has had a not-so-good month since week one, including last week when he really struggled against a defense he shouldn't have struggled against. Teams can't lie with their roster moves. They can't. They can't lie with their roster moves. This is a team that if they were truly, this is our guy, we're fully happy and confident with everything we have in our backfield, wouldn't have made this move. They made the move. Now, is this a complete indictment of Clyde Edwards-Alaire? No, I don't think entirely. I think part of this is they don't have anything else. You know, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire goes down, they are they were in major trouble because Daryl Williams is a nice number three, and that's about it. And he was forced to be the number two. Darwin Thompson, sorry to burst anybody's dynasty bubble, your deep dynasty bubble, but uh, not happening, right? And you really don't have anything beyond that. DeAndre Washington, that that wasn't a thing. So you were kidding yourself there, and now you're not kidding yourself any longer. But beyond that, I mean, look at Le'Veon Bell. He's a big, big dude, right? He's a big back. So 
Where has Clyde Edwards-Hilaire particularly struggled short yardage situations? Now you bring in Lev Bell. He's almost guaranteed to take those from those touches from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, he won't be able to play this week. Uh, won't be really able to practice until Wednesday. I expect him to get up to speed pretty quickly and play in Week 7. And, of course, Week 8, he faces the Jets, so giddy up. You best believe I'm using him in DFS. <laughs> Regardless of the price, I'm just going to jam him in my lineups in Week 8. But short yardage, he's a good pass catcher. That's really the bread and butter of his game. It was at least, you know, historically. So I think that's a, you know, or a part of the bread and butter to his game because he was, a, you know, a pretty good early down runner earlier in his career as well. He had that nice hesitation move. And sure, he's lost a little bit since then, but I don't think we can truly judge Le'Veon Bell based on what he did <laughs> with the Jets. My buddy Scott Barrett, former colleague of mine, uh, when we were at PFF, he's now over at Fantasy Points, and shout out to those guys over there. But uh, Scott pointed out on Twitter very astutely how many players do very well once they get out of Adam Gase's orbit. You know, it, it's it's Devontae Parker, it's Ryan Tannehill, it was for a little bit Kenyon Drake. I mean, is it Le'Veon Bell? Maybe. We know that Andy Reid has done a pretty good job with running backs. He's often, you know, credited with his work for, you know, with quarterbacks. But he's done a pretty good job with running backs as well. It's a running back favorable system. And Lev Bell has a very favorable skill set for this favorable offense. Drink when I say favorable. (laughs) It's a good setup. Now, here's my fear. My fear is that Le'Veon Bell comes in, takes that work, the short yardage work, takes some of the passing down work, and relegates CEH to a between-the-20s back. And if you want a great example of a between-the-20s back, it's Devin Singletary when Zach Moss is healthy. That's what we could be looking at. And we've seen how frustrating it's been with Devin Singletary when Zach Moss is healthy. By the way, Zach Moss is healthy now. It's frustrating. You almost can't use him. Now, granted, offensively, maybe you'd say Kansas City's better than Buffalo. Buffalo's no slouch this year, though. You almost can't use Singletary. So are we going to be to the point where we almost can't use Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Or worse, are we going to be to the point where Le'Veon Bell did save something in the in the tank, shows up, and is 90% of the Lev Bell he was in Pittsburgh? If he's 90% of that Lev Bell, he's going to blow by CEH. Now, that, there's a lot of ifs there. There's a lot of ifs. What do you do if you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire? I don't think you sell. I think you wait and see. I think if you're selling now, you're selling it maybe as low as it's going to get for a little while. You hope for a good game this week against Buffalo, and then maybe you sell. (laughs) Or maybe you hope that the good game solidifies him on the right side of the committee. If you have Lev Bell, you are definitely wait and see. You know, don't trade him away. Might be a time if you want to try and buy low on him, but I don't know if you're going to get him low at this point. Because I think the widespread perception is this is a really good move for Le'Veon Bell's fantasy stock. So that's where we are. It's a tricky situation, but uh, you know we're almost in wait-and-see mode. Now, I'll talk about the matchup uh, for Edwards Hilaire on Monday because, of course, we have those two Monday contests this week, which I dig. I really do. I, lo- I love the two Monday. I love it. I'm happy with it. I like an early game on Monday. It's pretty uh, it's sexy. 
So I'll talk about that on Monday. But let's get into the games for this weekend. We'll kick things off with Houston and Tennessee. Is this a revenge game for the the Titans? Because <laughs> they were once Houston. Anyway, I know it's a stretch. Uh, Tennessee was flawless the last time we saw them. They were really flawless on the offensive side of the ball, and that's not hyperbole. Six red zone trips, six touchdowns, no turnovers. I mean, they were awesome. And Derrick Henry had two of those touchdowns. He is in a great spot here. He's the de facto number one this week with Kamara on by. 140.4 rushing yards per game is what the Texans are allowing. And by the way, that big game for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, not so coincidentally, came against the Texans. So love Henry this week. On the other side, I don't mind David Johnson. The Titans are allowing 5.44 yards per carry to opposing backs. It's just I, I'm cautious with him because of the chatter about Duke Johnson being more involved. And I think that really means more involved in the passing game. So just be careful there. Just be careful. Anyway, I, I will take the Tennessee Titans in that one. That's a pretty easy one. Cincinnati and Indianapolis. Now it doesn't look like there's any doubt this is going to happen. Four false positives, though. That's That seems a little off to me. Anyway, Joe Burrow is the best rookie quarterback in the NFL, and I'm, I'm not going to let anybody tell me otherwise. I get that people love Justin Herbert. Uh, Joe Burrow is phenomenal. It's not always going to be phenomenal because of the surrounding cast, and this is a tough matchup, though. So I'm not I'm not looking at Burrow as a starting option, but don't don't get too cute here. Don't get too too cute. Oh, should I drop Joe Burrow for Justin Herbert? No, don't do that. But don't start him this week. Uh, you are starting Joe Mixon though, and don't let the matchup fool you. Yes, it's a tough matchup, but Joe Mixon had 31 freaking touches last week. That's what it says in the box score. 31 freaking touches. That's heavy volume, man. I don't care if the matchup's tough, and it is. Indy is tough against the run. 71.6 rushing yards per game to opposing backfields. But man, oh man, Joe Mixon is an every-week starter at this point, especially given the volume. The team's going to keep feeding him. On the other side, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I wish they would just say, all right, he's the early-down guy instead of just forcing Jordan Wilkins on us. But they're not going to do that unless they get the right game script. This could be the right game script, though. And 5.26 yards per carry against the Bengals. That's a nice number there for Jonathan Taylor. He's an RB2. He's an RB2. And resist the, the temptation to drop T.Y. Hilton. Even after this game when it may not be that good, just resist that temptation. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts there, uh, fairly obviously. Atlanta, Minnesota. Atlanta, and that's just straight up, by the way. Atlanta is reeling from a rough start to the season. And, of course, now... The previous coaching regime is out, uh, along with the general manager, but I don't know if that really does anything to change things here for Atlanta. I do like Minnesota to win this, but let's talk about the Atlanta offense. Todd Gurley looks like he's building momentum, but let's be clear, last week was against Carolina, so don't read too much into it. He's still an RB2, but we have to keep a close eye on the snap distribution. 36 snaps for Gurley last week, 20 for Brian Hill. That's a close split right there. Matt Ryan leads all passers in air yards with 18-22, and I know you're going to say air yards aren't scored in my fantasy leagues. Yeah, I get that. But air yards are a great indicator of potential uh, reg- you know, positive regression or negative regression for that matter, so moving up or down towards the mean, and potential breakout gains. That number is really high. A 400-plus three or four touchdown game out of Matt Ryan is on the horizon here. Now, I don't know if it happens this week with Julio Jones still banged up and I, and not 100%. I mean, it's it, it, he's not on the injury report. He's going to play. 
I don't think he's 100%. So even with that, though, you know, it could happen this week. The blow-up game, it could happen at any point. I just want to make sure, because I know a lot of people have been asking me this week, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, if you should be dropping Matt Ryan, I'm not dropping him. Not dropping him. And I want to see what this team looks like, you know, again, beyond the previous regime. Dalvin Cook is not going to play this week, so that means we get our scratch-off lottery ticket with Alexander Madison. And yes, I am saying this with an ear-to-ear grin because it is indeed a scratch-off lottery ticket for me. I drafted this dude. I've been in this situation, maybe you have as well, where you draft a cuff. Now, I don't have Dalvin Cook. I went naked handcuff in the draft. Where you draft a cuff and you never end up using him. It stinks, right? Because it's kind of like you wasted the bench spot the whole year. So I'm really happy here. And it's not a severe injury to Dalvin Cook, so I'm not like rejoicing on Dalvin Cook's injury, right? I'm just happy we're going to get Madison. Top five play this week. I have ranked at four. The Falcons allowing the six most fantasy points to running back. So giddy effing up. They're also the number one matchup for quarterbacks. 345.6 passing yards, three scores per game. Yes, Kirk Cousins is in play. He's a back-end quarterback one. Don't get too crazy with this one. You know, Kirk Cousins or Ben Roethlisberger. Well, Ben Roethlisberger. Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, right? Don't get too crazy. But he's like, you know, 11 or 12 at quarterback this week. Fine. Atlanta's also a good matchup for opposing tight ends. So Irv Smith's usage increased last week. I think he's a streamer, but don't get... Somebody asked me earlier today, Zach Ertz or Irv Smith. Now that's getting cute. I know Zach Ertz hasn't been what you'd hoped he was going to be the last couple weeks, but I'm not going to ignore the entire body of work and then just look at last week for Irv Smith and be like, Irv Smith, gotta start him, big Irv. No thanks, not going to do that. But I am using his ass in DFS, man. 25 hunch on DraftKings? Yes, please. Denver, New England, if it happens. It's been a rough week for Melvin Gordon. He was actually sent home from practice today with an illness non-COVID related. I don't know if it's a little Irish flu, but uh, either way, I kid, I kid. In all seriousness, the DUI, not a good look, uh, but Vic Fangio said there's going to be repercussions. The team, I don't think this sending him home for practice is a repercussion. I think he actually has some sort of illness, so we'll see. I think he's going to play. It is a tough matchup, but he's still an RB2 in that matchup. On the other side, it's a tough matchup for Damian Harris. 3.86 yards per carry allowed to opposing backfields. So that's really, I mean, you're we're, we're maybe better to keep an eye on him than to actually use him this week. Uh, by the way, I didn't pick, I picked Minnesota uh, to win that game. And then in this one, it's Den, it's uh, New England. They're huge favorites over Denver. So yeah, chalky me. Anyway, Washington and the Giants. I'm going to take the Giants here. Uh, and I, I think, you know, Daniel Jones has shown us like he can't be a streamer, but he has also shown us he's done enough that Darius Slayton can have weekly value. So he's a wide receiver three in this one. Washington's maybe a little underrated in the secondary. So there is that, but Darius Slayton, we're going to just keep moving forward with as for Devonta Freeman, 19 touches, uh, 87 scrimmage yards. I mean, in a game where they're favorites, he's an RB two. I get. I mean, it's it's not Saquon Barkley by any means, but if the volume's going to be there, I'm not going to look that in the face. Uh, all right, so 
Antonio Gibson on the other side was outscored by J.D. McKissick, but he outtouched him 16-7. to So, yeah, Antonio Gibson's still an RB2 in this matchup. Moving on to Baltimore and Philly. My spidey senses are saying Philly, but I'm going to I'm gonna stick to Baltimore. I would say, like, if I was to play the line at Baltimore minus 7.5, well, I would take Philly at the plus 7.5 there. If I was to play it. Just throwing that out there. Baltimore, though, to win. Uh, gonna be. I think it's gonna be closer than the line implies. <laughs> anyway, uh, Philly tough against opposing run games. Three point three five yards per carry. Mark Ingram, yet again, can't trust him this week. And also, does Philly put a cap on Lamar? You know, he only ran two times last week. There is that. Now, I do like Lamar from a passing standpoint, and I'm really intrigued by Marquise Brown this week. So the air yards have been high, four end zone targets last week. A big game is brewing for him. And Darius Slay is in the concussion protocol. So there's a lot a lot of moving parts here, but definitely something to pay attention to. On the other side, Travis Fulgham's breakout is real. I talked about this on the podcast yesterday, but to continue with that, uh, Adam Kaplan stopped by my SiriusXM radio show, and we talked about Travis Fulgham. He said he is the starting X receiver going forward. He's obviously got to play well to keep that job, but that puts him in the wide receiver three conversation, if not better, every week. Tougher matchup, but he's a wide receiver three this week. It's also a tough matchup for Miles Sanders. 3.61 yards per carry is all the Ravens are allowing on the ground to opposing running backs. But I tell you what, Sanders showed us last week, don't F with him, man. You got to play this dude. You got to play him every week. He's still an RB1. Like, if you were like David Montgomery or Miles Sanders, it's Miles Sanders. I get David Montgomery's in a good matchup. I'll talk about it in a minute, but no. Cleveland and Pittsburgh taking the Steelers. Uh, Baker Mayfield is trending towards playing, which is obviously good, but, you know, this is going to be a weird game because the Browns want to win on the ground, right? Yet the Steelers are only seeing 16 rushing attempts per game against them. That's, that's the lowest in the league, so... It's a little tricky. Again, though, this is not a situation to overthink things if you have Kareem Hunt. 23 touches for him last week. He's still an RB1. Ernest Johnson needs to be on your bench, but definitely not dropped. Like, Ernest Johnson's one Kareem Hunt roll away from, like, primetime usage. Also, keep in mind, Odell Beckham Jr. was sent home from the facility yesterday with an illness, did test negative for COVID-19, but per the COVID protocols, he is not allowed back in the facility today. On the other side of this matchup, Cleveland is getting thrown on. 43 passing attempts per game. That's the second most in the league. That bodes well for Big Ben. Back end quarterback one for him. Chase Claypool looks like he's going to be in a prominent role because Deontay Johnson will not be playing this week. And that genie is out of the bottle, baby. Love Chase Claypool this week. And uh, Eric Ebron is also in play as a streamer. Six most fantasy points per game uh, is what the Browns are allowing to tight ends. Chicago and Carolina. This one is a fun game to look at from an odd standpoint. You know, who's going to win this thing? Uh, right now, the line has moved. It opened at minus three for Carolina. It is now minus one and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Panthers. But that is some some interesting line movement for sure for Chicago here. On the Chicago side, David Montgomery's matchup is awesome. <laughs> Panthers let the Raiders be the number one matchup for running backs last week, but they're back. They're back in the throne, baby. They are the top fantasy matchup. 112 rushing yards per game, 1.6 rushing scores per game allowed to the position. 
Montgomery is not that good. He's really struggling this year. 3.9 yards per carry, and he's getting 1.2 yards before contact per attempt. So he's getting room to work. It's just he's not doing much. But even Montgomery is RB2 plus in this matchup, front end. Uh, and keep in mind, I mentioned this on the pod yesterday, but Allen Robinson, just love him in this matchup. Uh, on the other side, I know a lot of people are looking at Teddy Bridgewater. I don't see why. He's had some good matchups. This is not a good matchup. He is not startable in this matchup. So far, Chicago allowed four passing scores in 2020. That's the lowest in the league. Teddy's low uh, ADOT doesn't, you know, doesn't bode well here. We may get Mike Davis, by the way, next week as well. Christian McCaffrey may not return until week eight when he face, they face the Falcons. So Mike Davis, a strong, he's a top five guy this week. And, you know, there you go, Mike Davis. Detroit. Jacksonville, I'm taking the Lions here. James Robinson, though, last week, disappointing fantasy day, but he had 18 touches, and I love, I'm a sucker for volume, man. I'm a volume guy. I love the volume, and I love the matchup against the Lions. 5.58 rushing yards per carry for opposing running backs. That's a big-time number right there. They're also the number 10 fantasy matchup for opposing quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew is obviously in play as a streamer, top 12 guy. I wouldn't worry too much about the target distribution last week because, remember, DJ Chark was shattered by Bradley Roby, but I would worry a little bit about DJ Chark's health status, so we'll keep an eye on that. Matty Stafford, not quite what we had hoped he was going to be heading into this season, but he had three passing scores when we last saw them. This matchup is so stinking good as well. The Jags allowing a league-high 8.8 passing yards per attempt. I like that number right there. I think Stafford is just fine in this one. And I like the matchup for the run game, but Adrian Peterson is also ill, but non-COVID related. So if Peterson doesn't go, DeAndre Swift's going to be very tempting. Very, very tempting. This number eight fantasy matchup. Jags allowing 104 rushing yards per game to opposing backfields. Moving on to the Jets and Dolphins. The Dolphins are nine-point favorites as I record this. I cannot remember the last time that happened. I'm sure it's happened, but I can't remember when. The Downward Spiral. Yes. Nine Inch Nails album. Also title of Adam Gase's 2020 campaign. Or just maybe his career. I don't know. But uh, he certainly uh, traded away his best offensive player. Uh, Now you have Frank Gore. He's the unquestioned lead back. It is a great matchup. I don't care. There's no ceiling with Frank Gore. Low upside flex. No Darnold this week, so Joe Flacco yet again. Flacco, Super Bowl champion, Joe Flacco. (laughs) He uh, didn't hurt Jamison Crowder's value last week, so Crowder's fine. He's now the best offensive player on the roster. Jeff Smith, 11 targets last week. Jeff Smith's more of a DFS guy than a season-long guy. It's $3,000 on on DraftKings. Um, So, yeah. Speaking of that, uh, this Sunday morning on CBS Sports Network, on that other pregame show, I will be uh, giving out my lineup for this week. And Jeff Smith is in that lineup, so spoiler alert there. But uh, you got to watch the show. It's good stuff, CBS Sports Network. Anyway, on the other side, Miles Gaskin. Hey, thankfully no Lev Bell there, right? Miles Gaskin is locked in, and this is a pretty matchup here, top five fantasy matchup for Gaskin. So he's locked and loaded as an RB2. Now, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick is tempting in season-long. He's tempting in DFS. I get it. It's a nice matchup, blah, 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 revenge game, 
all of that, sure, but just be aware that any time, any week, he could be pulled for Tua. So just be aware that that is always a possibility, all right? I don't want you to just roll in and think he's like this phenomenal play. All right, two games left on the docket. Green Bay, Tampa Bay. The Bucs are the only team in the league to hold opposing backfields to under three yards per carry, 2.48. Now, I know you look at that. You're, Aaron, you're an Aaron Jones owner, and you're like, no way, but don't get cute. Aaron Jones or David Montgomery? Aaron freaking Jones, okay? Don't get too cute. It's only a small part of the equation, the matchup part. You also have to look at volume. You have to look at upside. You have to look at rolling offense. You have to look at how the offense is. Is the offense a good offense? Like so many different things. And all these things go to, go into rankings, right? I put them into rankings. I put them into projections. So when I rank Aaron Jones at five for the week, I'm not just blindly doing it. Like I'm aware he's facing a tough run defense, but he's still in a really good spot. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's a tough matchup. The Bucs, they're a good defense. Fourth worst fantasy matchup for quarterbacks. But Rodgers is playing great football. And he's still a QB1. Like, if you said Fitzpatrick or Rodgers, I say, you probably should ask me, is it crazy to start Fitzpatrick over Rodgers? Because it is. Don't do that. Uh, on the Tampa side, Ron Jones. Ronnie Jones is in play as an RB2 yet again. Now, Fournette still has the ankle injury. I don't know how much he plays. I, he will suit up very likely here, but I don't know much how much he plays. I'm, I'll do it again with Ronald Jones. He actually looked pretty good last week, and it is a nice matchup. The Packers uh, are allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, so there you go. All right, um, and by the way, that one is a tough. that's a tough game. Right now, though, I'm going with the Packers. I, I think they go in and they win. This one opened at minus three. It's all the way. It's flipped. It's going to a four-point swing. Now, minus three for Tampa. Now it is minus one for Green Bay. So I'm taking the Packers to win that one. Rams in San Francisco. I'm taking the Rams to win this one. And uh, there is definite Belichickery going on in the backfield. Two weeks ago, it was Malcolm Brown. Last week, it was Daryl Henderson. Three weeks ago, it was Daryl Henderson. But last week, it wasn't even really Daryl Henderson because it was kind of Cam Akers. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> Malcolm Brown, sometimes the lead. Daryl Henderson, sometimes the lead. Cam Akers definitely looked like the best running back there last week. So the point of the story, have them on your bench. If you have to use one, it's Henderson. I don't feel that great about it. And keep in mind, the 49ers are pretty solid against the run, allowing just 3.03 yards per carry this season. That's the second lowest in the league. Only Tampa is lower. Another thing we have to keep an eye on here, Tyler Higby, 56 snaps, Gerald Everett, 30 snaps, but Everett was much better as a fantasy option last week, a better offensive weapon. So we're at the point where Higby has trended down to the point where we can't play him, but Everett has not trended up to the point where we can play him. We have to wait and see. On the other side, only the Bears have allowed fewer passing touchdowns than the Rams this season. Not that you're going to start Jimmy G., but it does put a, a damper on Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. In terms of the backfield, Raheem Mostert's in the driver's seat. He is a front-end RB2. But Jarek McKinnon, I know some people are angry at me because I recommended picking up McKinnon a few weeks back. How dare I give you a guy who gave you RB2-plus value while the starter was out. But I think he's still a guy we hold on to. Because not only does he have that handcuff value, he's the clear handcuff to Raheem Mostert. I mean, we know that now. But in addition to that, I'm not 100% convinced that what we saw last week is what we're going to continue to see going forward. And we may see some uh, some more of McKinnon. 
So just keep that in mind. And McKinnon's the type of player in that offense, he doesn't need 25 touches to be a flex. Now, I'm not going to flex him out this week for sure. But I, I think keeping him is the wise decision. I had to make a tough decision in one of my leagues to pick up Chase Claypool, which I did, baby. I got him at 22% or 21%. I'm happy about that. But anyway, um, tough move, and McKinnon was a potential drop, and he, I did not drop him uh, because I want to hang on to him. So there you go. There's all the matchups here, excluding the two Monday games. We'll talk about those on Monday's podcast. In the meantime, if you want this entire breakdown, all this information and more, you can check out the report, which is going live at FTN Fantasy here this afternoon. So by the time you listen to this podcast, it will be live, ftnfantasy.com. Use the promo code RATPACK to get 10% off. And we just unveiled two new fantasy tools. The first one is the red zone report. So if you want uh, end zone targets, end zone throws, goal line carries, all of that, we have it for you. And you can check it out right now for free at ftnfantasy.com. We also unveiled another advanced defense versus position tool for subscribers. And this tool will tell you the expected fantasy points, the actual fantasy points that teams are allowing to each position. So leveraging expected fantasy points so you can see who is performing better than expectation and worse than expectation and use that accordingly for matchup purposes. And there also is air yards allowed per game in that tool. It's a pretty cool tool. Pretty cool tool. Anyway, um, that is going to do it for me. So keep reviewing the podcast on iTunes. We do have something in the works here to celebrate us getting to 1K, 1,000 reviews in a pretty short period of time. So stoked about that. We're going to celebrate. But if you haven't reviewed, let's let's go even higher. Let's get to 1.1. Let's keep rolling here. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your iPhone if you are an iPhone user. Find my podcast, The Rant. Scroll to the bottom, click the stars. If you're not an iPhone user, there are a variety of ways to review the show on iTunes. You don't even have to listen to us on iTunes to review us on iTunes. Appreciate all the support for for that right there. That's awesome. It's a great way to help this podcast out. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, hashtag Radpack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend on Monday for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.